710, what's going on? Shannon here, and I got the 710 team with us. Um, I'm going to just go around the table and introduce everyone. i got Connor McKenzie. What's up, guys? we got Alicia Carter. Hi, everyone. And, of course, Corey McCasperson. Corey McCasperson? I said Casperson. <laughs> I said Casperson. <laughs> all right. I was like, I'm right. still stuck off of my deal from last night. I feel like a, a to worn out TV show host. What were you uh, doing last night? Um, actually, senior send off. And I was like um, a poor man's Ryan Seacrest. So, um, oh, should I say Jamie Foxx? Let's say Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Fox. Yeah, there Jamie Foxx. There you yeah, go. That's, that's a little bit better. So, um, we're doing something a little bit different. This is the first time the 710 team has actually been able to uh, come together and, and have dialogue. And so, um, first of all, guys, how are you, how are you guys doing? And let's be honest, like, how are you doing, like, emotionally and w- with everything in light of what's going on? How are you guys doing? Start with Alicia, but ladies first. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that this has been a really good season of growing. Um, I, I'm just really excited to see what God is doing. Um, I'm thankful just to see how God's working in this team um, and just really thankful for the things that God's been teaching me and just how he's reshaping my thinking and my heart. Um, but it also has just been a very weary season. Um, just a lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of, um, heartache, um, just a lot of, just to be honest, some anxiety and worry. Um, so just really trying to spend a lot of time in prayer and just kind of be still and, um, yeah, just just rely on Jesus. So it's 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 been good, but really really hard. Wow, mm. wow. How about you, Connor? Uh, this has been a huge like growing season for me, and really struggling. I think um, maybe not in the way you would think. I I've just realized how selfish I am, honestly, in this time. How much it takes for me to actually feel someone else's pain, um, and how much I struggle with it. And I really feel like um, God has just helped me take another step or two in the direction of like feeling for other people beyond myself, you know? Yeah. 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 I feel like I have been learning what it truly means to love and uh, what it truly means to incarnate. You know, we talked about a few weeks ago uh, with a team chat on the gospel and racism and incarnational love. And I feel like specifically this week, God has actually like shown my heart what that actually looks like. Um, Mm -hmm and just uh, mourning what's happening in our country. I've also, you know, to be positive, I've really celebrated what God has been doing in me, Mm -hmm. in my marriage, doing in our church, our team, uh, my friends, uh, the 710 community. I feel like I've seen God at work in a lot of ways. So totally, uh, that's just been really nourishing to my faith. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Um, if, if be completely transparent, like um, this season has probably been one of the roughest seasons I've been in um, in a long, long time. Um, 2016 is kind of reminiscence of like some of the dark spaces I was in um, or dealing with, but um, th- this one has been extremely um, hard 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 season spiritually mm. emotionally um just just taxing and what's been encouraging is um having people come alongside me and you know reaching out um having those those safe spaces to lament to grieve um and then process um and then ultimately 
it leads leads me back to you know the the gospel and what it calls what the gospel calls me to do in those moments of brokenness and 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 frustration and and sadness and and how I'm I'm called to be moved towards the the spirit of the Lord in those moments and not resting in my own kind of uh, um, my, myself because if when I do that I mean it just <laughs> it it ends poorly very poorly so um and and i'm i think i'm just now coming out of that that season um and and really feeling more uh rejuvenation and 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 so yeah okay this great intro and now we're going to work our way through um our topic today of being an advocate and what the what the bible uh calls us to uh, do the work of um, being an advocate uh, in scripture. So, but before we do that, let's just kind of like define that. What what is an advocate? Now, listen, don't all of y'all speak <laughs> at once. But what? Yeah, what is? Break down a definition of what an, what an advocate is. Anybody? Listen, why don't you go first? <laughs> Good thing y'all can't see us on video. <laughs> Good thing you can't see our faces. Um, well, I would just say, I mean, just I'm just thinking about this very simply when you hear the word advocate. An advocate is someone that has the means, the capability to speak up, speak out for someone that doesn't. Um, hmm. So just very, very simply, it is someone that we could use that word privilege or opportunity um hmm. to to just bring light to someone else's um suffering or to someone else's cause um and then kind of what Corey that word Corey used earlier about incarnating um to step into someone else's shoes or reality and because of the opportunity that they have bring that to light um and basically i just i just always think of it like fighting on someone else's behalf can i read a Actually, the verse that I told you I was going to share, I feel like okay. encompasses exactly what you were just saying. So uh, Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9, I feel like is a perfect like just definition of what being an advocate is. Uh, this is a mother who is talking to her son, uh, who is going to be a king. And uh, she says this, uh, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. So I love that uh, that phrase, speak up, uh, appeared three times mm. in those verses. Mm. And it says, for uh, those who cannot speak for themselves. And I think in a lot of times, it's not just like, it's not that uh, they're just unable. Sometimes they don't even have the strength to. Yeah. Like there's fatigue. Mm. So it's like speaking up for people who, one, can't for themselves or don't even have the strength to speak up for themselves. Mm. It's not, and it's not like again. You you guys can't see this, so I'm gonna just share it. It's not like Elisha has a dictionary in front of her. She just spouted that out of the the godly wisdom that has been bestowed upon her. But I have my my computer in front of me, <laughs> and and it really does. Mom? It's it it's a personal computer. Leave me alone. It says. <laughs> A person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. And you hit it on the head. Someone who speaks up and supports 
what they can in that verse, Corey, just really just ties it together, especially for those who are experiencing what, what you, you call fatigue or, or in, in some, of, um, some of my circles that I've been worn out. Those who have just been absolutely worn out. Mm. The advocate comes alongside and incarnates. So with that being said, is there any kind of, you know, narratives in the in scripture that kind of points to this kind of work or um, that a story that we see in the gospel that really like highlights that? Did you guys yeah, say? yeah, yeah, that was actually. Yeah. So before this whole thing, to give you guys any sort of context, Shannon was like, hey, guys, find a verse so we can kind of. Talk about this thing. <laughs> hey, why you go? Don't be that guy. <laughs> All right. So I didn't, I didn't find a verse. I, I found a story. There you go. And and uh, I was thinking of <laughs> I was thinking of John eight. Right. There's a woman who is caught in the act of adultery. Mm. And she was drug out into the street, surrounded by people who wanted to murder her. And they tried to trap Jesus, but they're like, what do we do? The law says we have to kill her, hmm. right? What does Jesus do? He advocates for someone who's completely helpless. He stands up for her. And he, he actually kind of turns it back on other people. He says, if you're without sin, go ahead. That's good. Go with that. Go ahead. You know, I also think of... Uh, it just it makes me think of like in the Old Testament how their scriptural like define Satan like the enemy as as uh, our adversary or the one who brings uh, charges against us you know mm-hmm. but Hebrews talks about Jesus as the one who advocates for our souls to the Father who mediates on our behalf you know dude that's man, let me let me share something dude, you you brought up two points the first that 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 you know we have an adversary that is accusatory so we already have someone that accuses us day in and day out why should we have our own brothers and sisters joining in with that voice oh the second thing man when you said um the about the the woman uh, caught in adultery it's not like Jesus is on, you know, some high horse or he's in like a his apartment complex and he's telling the lady, listen, hey, try not to sin anymore. You know, he gets in the dirt with it. Like he gets down in the mist with her. And that just points to another sign of what an advocate does, like what it's looked like, what it looked like incarnates as far as getting into the, the dirt and the trenches of a person and, and getting into their level of whatever they're dealing with and saying, okay, how can we do this together? Any other thoughts? I, so I immediately, when you said John 8, I was like, I know John 9, Jesus does like the exact same thing, but for a blind man. Hmm. Uh, so Jesus is walking with his disciples and his disciples see a blind man and they say, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? So right out of the gate, you just said accusation and assumption. Hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> like their first flinch is accusation and then their second flinch is assumption and then Jesus responds, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this is this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So right off of the bat, uh, Jesus is quick to defend the person who cannot defend themselves. He mm. speaks up for the person who cannot speak up for uh, themselves. And it's, it's a picture of that proverb that yep. I just read. Just yep. like, you want a picture? Like Jesus, he did it in John 8, he did it in John 9, and he did it all over the Gospels uh, mm. for people who couldn't speak up for themselves. Dude, that, that's great. So now this is, now I'm going to uh, uh, switch gears into what are some of the challenges 
that we see as far as being an advocate. Now, Alishma, I, I wanted you to start that 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 conversation of how what challenges have you seen or could you perceive of someone who's wanting to incarnate, but possibly it, it goes south? So the first the two things that come to my mind when I think of challenges becoming an advocate, one I think oftentimes people feel like I don't have enough knowledge or I have not experienced what certain people have experienced, whether it's um, being poor or homeless or being an orphan or racial issues, whatever that is. I think a lot of times there's a, a lack of knowledge or again, a lack of personal experience. Therefore, people excuse themselves um, or even just out of an insecurity, don't want to or don't know how to advocate because it's like, well, I've never experienced that. Yeah. Um, so I think that can be a huge challenge in just not wanting to put yourself in someone's shoes just because you haven't had a similar experience. Yeah, no, that's um, good. I think that can be yeah, a huge part of that. Um, I, I was just thinking while you were saying that, I, even something I've I've heard people say and I can even feel myself sometimes is like this – um, like insecurity of power or like mm. ability, like in advocating for somebody like, like, uh, you know, maybe it's like you feel for somebody, but it's like, how can I fix this? I can't. And yeah. so therefore like, why bother doing anything? You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like that thought of like, I, well, I can't fix anything. What's, what's the point? Which moves you into being indifferent. Right. Oh, exactly. Man. Exactly. And there, there's one of those those signs of it going like south quick of you seeing something, but I don't know what to do. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything. Hey, which, by the way, I just have to say, even though I just brought that question up or that thought up, uh-huh. the, the perfect answer to that, I really think like we just talked about it in John eight. Hmm. It's a small situation. It's a small. I know like this woman's about to get murdered. That's right, not right, small, right, right, right. but it's it's a, it's <laughs> it, it's a it's a singular social situation. Right. Jesus says that's worth advocating for. But then he also goes before the father for the souls of the entire church. And he's like, that's worth advocating for. So yeah. that, that could just Good say. Thought. Good thought, man. Yeah, I feel like when you truly understand what it means to be an advocate, a lot of people don't step into it. I haven't stepped into it in the past because when you step into that place of love, you're going to be misunderstood. Hmm. And we all know we don't like being misunderstood because we love ourselves so much in our own reputation. And you're going to get criticized because whatever you speak up for, either people are going to disagree with you and you're going to have to deal with or feel those questions or um, people are going to completely misunderstand you and make assumptions about you. Um, People are going to... uh, yeah, like you just you're gonna put yourself in a place where you are not gonna be comfortable. Yeah, mm. you're just not gonna be comfortable because another person's problem is now your problem, and uh, it's that's gonna make things really hard. <laughs> the uncomfortable position, and and nothing about being a Christian should be as comfortable as we've made it. Oh sure, no, nothing nothing about like <laughs> serving. Dying to self, <laughs> that shouldn't be, you know, a comfortable position. Um, and again, the, the, the greatest example we have of that is Jesus. Uh, the man who knew no sin became sin, lived an uncomfortable life so that we can have rest and, and, and joy in him. That, mm. That's just a good thought, man. Mm. Um, 
Did you have? I had a question because I feel like one of the things I've been experiencing, I've experienced this personally, and I've also talked to a handful of people from 710 who have been struggling with this idea of being an advocate where Mm -hmm. they've said to me, I want to say something, but I just don't feel like I know what to say. Hmm. So I talked about this with you yesterday, Shannon. There's almost like this anxiety. Like most people haven't had to think about the problem of racism in America until what's happened or they just haven't thought about it at all. So now that they, they hear it, they see it's a problem. They want to do something. And there's like this anxiety that happens, but I don't know what to say because every you know, there's this opinion, there's that opinion. There's, you know, like, I just don't know what to do. So they feel paralyzed. So they don't want to say anything. So they just won't. Yeah. What would you say to that seven tenor? Like I I want to, I want to say something. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know what? I'm actually, so I'm in my, my fourth year and in my fourth year of MTC next year, I'll be graduated. Hold your applause. Um, I am actually um, doing my research paper on what it means to be an advocate. You can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. But never mind. No. <laughs> anyway, um, and and my this research paper on what it means to be an advocate, especially uh, an advocate to those broken spaces. So to to answer your question. To the ones who feel like, man, there's so much going on and I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Connor said it earlier, baby steps. You, you you don't, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. You start in little chunks. And the first, the first place that I'm advocating for anyone that wants to live in this, this, this mindset or in this space of moving towards the brokenness is actually praying, God, give me eyes to see these things. Mm -hmm. As you're starting to see these things, God, I want to lament and I want to, the Bible says, weep with those who weep. So let me join in, in that process, not skipping over to, oh, we need to go ahead and start solving these issues. We're not going to solve all of these issues, uh, but we can do something. We can do something to um, to allow the the kingdom of heaven to be um, illuminated in some of our circles and some of our conversations and especially in some of our communities. Now, as as you are lamenting and praying and, and asking God to open your eyes, to give you the eyes to see the heart to see the heart of the father. I think the next step is uh, this one can get uh, becomes one of those deals where it's like, man, I, I, I really want to say something, but I don't I don't I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know if this is the right you know thing or, or, or get caught up in, the, in that kind of um, in that kind of thought pattern. Well, I'm just telling you right now to say nothing is as worse as to see something or being a part of it to do something that is causing harm to the kingdom rather than not saying anything at all. I'm giving you permission. Please speak into it. Speak into it and learn. Learn what is happening from, you know, the foundation of our country. Learn from why, why you know, some of these issues, you know, continue to happen. And then as you're learning, as you're growing in the, the learning process, be, be the boldness of Christ. May he go with you. The boldness of the Holy Spirit to go before you and to speak into those areas. So that's kind of like, like 
entry points, starting points as far as how do you kind of, kind of, y'all should see Alicia, but I'm serious. This is so great. Alicia was giving me the, 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 the two gun fingers. And so I, let me go ahead. I, I, I want to add to that. So I, I love that. I think that is so important. And I, I just would want to add on the, maybe not the other side, but just in conjunction with what Shannon has just said about not feeling anxious and being able to speak when you see something. Cause I've had so many people say to me, well, I'm not putting anything on social media. And so everyone's giving me a hard time and like, I don't know what to put or just because I'm not saying something on social media, people think I don't care. And so I would add to what Shannon is saying. We all know that at the end of the day, social media does not really move the needle. A lot of times people just get on there, they want to spout their opinions, and then they just want to get off. And I, I would totally add to what Shannon is saying that a lot of times this is going to come down to speaking up in your communities, in mm. your families, among your friends, in your workplaces, making those little steps to say something when you hear something else that you know is not right or you know goes against what God says. And yeah. I wanted to add, hopefully you guys have all been doing our reading plan mm-hmm. that we've been posting, but I was reading um, 1 Peter 3 for yesterday's um, section. And there's this part where Peter says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Yeah. And I that was just a huge encouragement mm. to me, because sometimes there is even that feeling of, I don't know what to say, or I'm going to say this, and I know immediately someone's going to jump on my back and have something to go against that. But if that is any encouragement to you guys, 710, that... God loves what is good and what is righteous, and we should be willing and ready to speak up for that um, and just know that we stand before God at the end of the day, and he knows our hearts, and yeah. so that should mm-hmm. give us comfort. Um, you, you just talked that talk, sister. That was, that was really good, really good. <laughs> so uh, as we start to, to land this plane, um, let, let's do this. Let's give, like, give a roundtable, um, kind of like a, a so what of this deal. So as, as folks are listening to this deal, what are some encouragement that you would give to them? As they're entering, some of them probably for the first time of like, I want, I really want to, you know, lean into what's going on and I want to be an advocate. What, what are some encouraging words that you would share with um, folks that are listening? I would say, um, one, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Um, there, there just seems to be this, this attitude or this feeling going around that, People don't want to say anything, and also people are just really afraid to ask questions because they're afraid that they're going to ask it the wrong way or or use the wrong language or verbiage. And we talk about this so much, even in our team, just about proximity. And so when you know someone, you trust someone, you have a relationship with someone, there should be grace on both sides. And so 
don't be afraid to ask questions yeah. and to just gain a different understanding, a different perspective. Um, and then just learning, just taking the time to educate yourself, to learn, um, again, to be humble and listen. That's going to be a huge part of being an advocate because you can't advocate for someone well when you don't understand their story or the background or the situation. So yeah. I, I, those would be just my encouragements to people. Wow. I, honestly, we don't need to hear from the other two, but, <laughs> but we're going to do that because that's just protocol. Um, Corey, what you, what you got to say as far as encouraging the, the people? Yeah, I would say personally, when I've stepped into the role of advocate so easily, not consciously, but subconsciously, there's this belief in my heart that what I say is going to fix the problem. Mm. And so I start wearing the anxiety of like, oh, if I don't do it right, if I don't say it right, if I, I'm just gonna like, then I'm, I'm gonna screw this whole thing up. Yeah. And I lose perspective that God's God, and Jesus had to come, and uh, die and rise again for a reason, <laughs> you know, and right. which means that our hope, ultimately, is in Christ. You know, like this is Jesus's battle. Yeah. It's not our battle. Yeah. You know, we have a responsibility. And that responsibility means we, you know, like we shouldn't be comfortable in our ignorance. We should become a learner. We should take the time to read a book or two, to watch a documentary, to ask questions, like everything we've been saying. But we can't lose perspective that Jesus is Lord and that he has power to heal. And it's the spirit of God at work in us and in the world that ultimately is going to bring change. And that's going to bring so much freedom, like freedom to make mistakes, freedom to accidentally say the wrong thing freedom to put yourself out there and look weird it's okay to be weird if you're a christian you're called to be weird in a lot of ways actually um but it just brings so much peace to your heart when you just remember that jesus is god period and our trust is in him ultimately amen to that beautiful bro beautiful what about you connor um yeah, no, there's a couple things going on in my head. I, I think Elizabeth and Corey, you both said something way more elaborate or way more clearly than I know how to say something. But I guess I would just speak really clearly uh, to white people, especially in 710 right now. Like, it's it's time to be a good listener. Wow. You know, it really is time to be a good listener because, um, like what Elizabeth was saying, you can't really be an, like an awesome advocate without being a good listener first, I think, especially in this issue. And then the other thing is like, uh, Jesus said he came to bring a uh, sword, not peace, or maybe I just butchered that, whatever. But, okay. but, uh, um, the thing is to, to advocate for the least of these will cause problems with other people. Maybe it's your family, hmm. maybe it's your friends, but, um, but it's time to be a, a friend for, for the, the least of these in our community. It's time to be good listeners, and it's time to advocate. So, and and if I could just really um, bring this thing into a um, more personable kind of situation, um, like I said earlier uh, when we started this deal, like I I was in a bad space. I was I was not in a good space, and the role of advocates in our church helped me really get into a spiritual formation and a spiritual place that has allowed me to um, see the, 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 the more winsomeness and beauty of what God is doing. Um, there's a verse in, in, in Habakkuk, 
uh, the prophet, he is um, voicing a complaint to the Lord, uh, but we know it as a lament. He's lamenting to, the, to, to God about the injustices that he's seeing in his day. And, um, and he says these things. He says, oh, Lord, uh, how long shall I cry for help and you cannot hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see inequality? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arises. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. And and that that complaint uh, Habakkuk had, you know, 400 years before Christ even came on the scene. It's the same complaint that, that I was having. And still, uh, if I'm being transparent, having in this in, in this day and 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 then but this is the beauty and the winsomeness of who god the father is because he never leaves his children in wandering um in verse five uh the lord actually answers the complaint that Habakkuk has and he says this uh, look among the nations and see wonder and be astonished for i am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told and i'm just telling you um I know God does not waste a moment mm. and he's moving and doing something very special and something beautiful in our day that honestly, no, we would not have believed it if somebody would have told us that we would have been experiencing a pandemic and that um, these protests that we're seeing would evolve into 20 different countries. And that most of the white people on Capitol Hill, but we wear dashikis and in masks. I mean, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's that's weird. If somebody would have said that in 2019, but those are the things that we were saying. And in, as a result of some of those things, God has been moving on the hearts of people, and we're actually seeing some some beautiful things that are coming across this. I, I saw this story, and I'm, I'm gonna end with this. I saw this story um, this morning, actually. The same spot that George Floyd was murdered in, they've been having baptisms in. Mm. Mm. People have been coming to the Lord and because they, they, because George Floyd would bring in baptisms and when he did some of those outreaches in Houston, and he was trying to do the same thing in Minneapolis. And so over the last couple of days, they've been having baptisms at that same spot. So I'm just saying, um, God does not waste a moment. Um, so. 710, uh, we got to know that we love you guys, and we're so incredibly thankful for the times that we get to share with you, and we look forward to the day we get together together. We love you guys, and be blessed.